Hello listeners, welcome back to the pod. It's Jazz here with Martin North from DFA Analytics. Uh, Martin, welcome back, mate. Hello, it's digital finance analytics. You can't say DFA analytics. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Uh, Thanks for jumping back on, mate. Um, It's it's good that we are discussing this. We we that I that we are on the pod today uh, because obviously in the last few weeks there's a lot of uh, turbulence that has happened in the markets and uh, one of the big things that we wanted to chat about today was the Fed put. Are we seeing the Fed put in the market? With uh, are we going to see the Fed put in the market with what's going on the bloodbath that we is, that we have seen over the last few weeks months? Uh, and uh, where do we see the markets over the coming few months, uh, especially after the inflation imprint? For the last month, I think that was about 8.1 or 8.3 percent, something like that. Right. So I'll let you take over for a minute, and then uh, so, so it's it's a really interesting question. Where is the Fed put put the Fed put put right? <laughs> That's sort of the question. Uh, and you know the, the if you go back to 2018, right? So then we had um, the Fed starting to tighten, but they had to reverse quite quickly, and that the reason for that was that the markets were really sliding, and they. You know, they they reverse course. Now, the question is, at what point is the Fed going to be forced to do the same thing? Or to turn it another way, you know, does the S&P 500 have to go to 3,000 or 4,000 or 3,500? If it falls to that region, will we see the Fed effectively reversing course? Now, that's a really important question, right? Because on one hand, you've got um, the Fed saying, well, you know, rates are going to go high because inflation, you're right, inflation is very high, more than 8%. That was shockingly high relative to what the markets were expecting. They were expecting to see this, uh, this come back. I also would say to you that the data showed that the inflation is deeply embedded now in the economy. It isn't just supply chain related. Right? We are actually seeing now you know, on the services sector uh, end of the spectrum as well, and we're seeing it broadly based. And of course, wages growth is also there too. So Inflation is deeply embedded in the U.S. economy. And uh, that means the Federal Reserve is going to have to put rates up more. But, of course, the end of last week, Chair Powell came out and said, well, yeah, we may put it up, but but we're not looking for as many big steps up as uh, perhaps people were expecting. Now, that's interesting that he started to sort of walk back what he said just a week prior, which was effectively, yeah, there's probably going to be some big steps. So th- there's a really interesting inflection point coming. Now, the question is, when is it coming? Right? At what point will the Fed then start to turn? And will the, um, the S&P 500 be the bellwether for it? Right. So once we get into bear territory and below, how much lower will they be prepared to take it before they, they turn turtle? And there are various different opinions. There are some saying, well, by the time it gets to 3,000, you can pretty much bet your bottom dollar that... Um, and that'll be about 40% down, that the Fed will have to reverse course because by then the financial carnage will be so strong. There are others saying, no, 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 the most critical question now is the inflation question. I think it becomes not an economic question, but a political question, right? To me, the real question here is Biden's got the November midterms coming up, right? And he wants to show that he's doing all he can to sort of bear down on inflation, hence his comments the last couple of weeks. Powell is sort of going along with the same, but I just wonder whether we could see a November or post-November change of direction from the Fed, and we might actually see the Fed put come back at that point. 
So here's a here's a because uh, Fed put and inflation and the stock markets so it's all sort of interlinked one way or the other, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> but first of all, is it fair to say that inflation itself has peaked? I'm not saying inflation is going away, but I'm saying is has it peaked at 8.5 percent that we saw two months ago, and we are floating in the eight range. Well, I mean, two points. The first is, of course, the target's 2%, right? And it's at 8%, so it's way over target, <laughs> right? So actually, it's not so much the delta you know, the delta on where it's moving to. It's how do they get it back down to 2%. So that's got to be the critical question. But the other point is I'm not convinced that necessarily we have seen the peak because um, I think it's more widely embedded. And I look at rents, for example. Rents are still going up very quickly at the moment. Um, now that's going to feed through in due course, but there's always a lag. So we know that that's a problem. We also know that some of the supply chain disruptions are still happening, but we also know that inventory is rising quite quickly in the US. So a lot of the um, stocks that were missing are now back. Um, and the question then is, will, will consumers buy them? And at what price will they buy them? The latest retail from consumer land end of last week was a slow, and we know that the Michigan survey was also negative too, in terms of right down close to where it was, you know, a decade plus ago. So there are a few indicators to suggest that things may be coming off. Now, if they do come off, then that could actually potentially lead to inflation coming back down. But then wages growth is still quite strong mm -hmm. and some of these other factors. So I think um, I'm not holding my breath to say that we've passed peak yet, but even if we have passed peak, we're nowhere near where we should be. Mm -hmm. So regardless, Fed's main aim at the moment, especially with the election coming up that you were mentioning before, is to uh, get inflation under control, which means they don't really care as much about the financial markets like they did during the COVID period when we saw multiple circuit breakers being hit. Right? <laughs> well, they, th they threw kitchen sink and everything else in, right, to basically... Um, protect the economy and protect the markets. Yeah. And uh, that, that's why there are still many people out there who believe that the Fed put is fully intact and they'll use it soon. I'm, I'm arguing they will use it, but not soon. Mm -hmm. There will be a delay. So therefore, you must expect more interest rate rises. That means we're going to expect more market falls. And uh, actually, almost independent of what happens in, in the Ukraine theatre, um, these broader macroeconomic things mean it's going to be a a significant structural issue for some time. But just remember this, the Fed has not actually started reducing its balance sheet at all yet. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, it's funny you mentioned that. It, <laughs> I was about to ask this question. So the QT hasn't even started yet. That $90 billion a month QT, uh, which Jerome Paul has been talking about, um, it's going to start, I think, next month, right? Yeah. And over the three years period, it will be in excess of three three trillion. Mm. This so 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 let me phrase this right. So this hasn't even started yet. We have seen a couple of rate. Well, when we say a couple of rate hikes, we have seen two rate hikes. So point five yep. all up, I think, or point eight. Um, and the stock market globally have lost thirty five trillion from memory, uh, which is roughly about fourteen percent of the wealth. So uh, but, but you look at look at look at the different indices, right? Because you know Nasdaq's in bear territory, right? The others aren't. But what is that? I mean, what, what's your point, though? Well, my point is that 
average across the market doesn't actually tell you what's really going on, right? Mm-hmm. I think there are segments in the market that are still looking very expensive and have dropped dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the tech stocks, for example, there are others that are still looking uh, more stable. Um, and part of the complexity here is that you can't think of the market as a single market. You've got to actually break it out into the aggregate elements um, you know, in the different uh, uh, market segments because they're behaving quite differently at the moment. Actually, more so, if you, look at the, if you look at the relative movement, some of the biggest drops have been in the most leveraged um, you know, the tech stocks, right? Some of the others have hardly moved at all relative. So it is, it's a very interesting market to watch. You've, got to, you've actually got to go back to individual old-fashioned old analysis of individual stocks to look at what the PEs actually are and what they might be, I think, rather than actually using, using aggregate measures, which is why, by the, by, by the way, I'm not necessarily banking on the overall movement of the index um, going in one way or the other. I'm looking at the individual elements within it. Mm-hmm. So, so according to you, Martin, market obviously hasn't bottomed yet. We yep. are still yet to see the bottom. Yep. And I, I tend to agree with you on that, that uh, there's more demand destruction to happen, which means it will affect the financial markets simply. Uh, so other than the ratios that you're talking about, PE ratios and all that stuff, um, and yes, you're right that NASDAQ has obviously crashed more than the S&P relatively. What do you think will signal that the markets have bottomed really? I mean, is what 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 sort of signals would you look at? Because what, what we were discussing before, QT hasn't started, interest rates are still on the rise, right? So when you look at that, uh, at what point will you go that either the market has bottomed or we are about to break the financial system and uh, even before it bottoms, that Fed Fed put will come back essentially. Yeah, well, I think I think I think something's going to break first. <laughs> so I, I've had the view for some time that um, the Fed will go on lifting interest rates. It's got to because of the inflation and the political overhang that we mentioned before. So I'm expecting um, inf- interest rates to go higher. That will start breaking things, and as things start to break, there will be then a sort of a sharp intake of breath. So what I will be looking for is as the first signal the pause from the Fed, so they'll lift rates a certain amount each month and then they'll stop, all right? That's the first signal to look for. The second one to look for, I think, is more on the liquidity end of the spectrum, right? Because the other thing I'm watching closely at the moment is liquidity is drying up. So the market depths and the overall liquidity in a lot of different markets are actually going the wrong way at the moment. They're, you know, so the theory is market liquidity is good because it gives you fair and meaningful price signals. It means you can trade effectively. Right? Mm. And, and if I can just sort of go around the, the, the corner slightly here, you know, the, the, the Terra USD stablecoin is a classic example of a liquidity problem, right? Mm. And the reason that that did what it did was because the liquidity dried up. Now, it's basically that's a an artificial stable coin rather than actually holding assets directly. So it's actually quite a good proxy for a lot of the other financial market instruments that are also, you know, the, the, the same thing, right? So, so I actually don't think just about liquidity in the context of cryptos and the falling crypto, but think about liquidity in the context of the broader markets. Now, we just said the Fed hasn't yet started reversing course on its balance sheet 
it's going to reduce the balance sheet. That's going to suck liquidity out. That's one of the reasons, by the way, why the US dollar is so high, because at the moment, what they're trying to do is to get international buyers to come in and buy um, uh, commercial paper in the, from the US and bonds from the US, in my view. So the strong dollar is a deliberate strategy as part of this program. Right? So let's just think this through. You've got liquidity pressures. You've got a strong dollar. You've got the Fed starting to throttle back. So the second thing I'll be looking for is what happens with regard, with regard to liquidity, because if liquidity continues to dry up, that's going to put further pressure on the markets. And once the liquidity gets to a certain level, that'll be another indicator of potentially a change ahead. So here's the question. Um, when we think, if we were to think from a hedge, fund, hedge funds perspective, right? Yep. Or the big money players, right? The smart money, right? Generally, when we say that the liquidity is drying up, you will see the safe haven assets start to perform, right? Now, haven't really seen that, to be honest. <laughs> no, not so, at all. So where is this, this money, all this money going into? Well, what is this? all this money going into is the question, I guess. Well, um, it, it, it is a bit hard to read. I mean, if you look at the overall um, volumes of trades, they're actually somewhat down. So that's the first thing. So some people are just standing on the sidelines saying, well, well, we'll wait to see how this plays out. There clearly was a lot of interest in crypto, but that's clearly reversed in the last um, you know, couple of weeks as things have really unwound there. And I think we're going to see, we're going to see more of that. Mm -hmm. um, I also note that some of the um, international plays like into China and into some of the European uh, markets have also gone the other way now. So some of the US hedge funds are actually bringing money back into the US and they're actually um, positioning in the US. So I think there's a there's a big play going on here in terms of a repositioning of the different market segments and the reposition of the, the different asset classes. It's probably too soon to read exactly how it's going to play out. But I mean, it, there was a financial stability report that the Fed produced just a week ago. And there was a wonderful chart in there that showed just how much liquidity has drained out of the markets in recent times, you know, whether you look at bonds or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. That for me is a really important indicator. So actually, there are a lot of people just sitting back and waiting to see. And in fact, if you look at the trade volumes, a lot of the trades in the recent times have been the, the new investors, the inexperienced investors. Some of the more experienced guys are sitting on the sidelines just waiting. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts, Martin, on the credit market? Liquidity obviously is drying up, right? Yep. How do you see the credit markets over the next few months or a year? I mean, because that drives a lot of the uh, financial markets, obviously. How, how, do, how do you see that playing out? Well, we know that bond rates are up, right? So mm -hmm. we, know, we, we know that that's an issue. So in other words, rates, the price of, if you like, debt is higher than it was. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, the... It's interesting. I have a feeling we might have just uh, pretty much got just over three percent on the ten-year. It's it's sort of going sideways and down a bit now. So maybe we're actually close to the max. And I was reading someone the other day saying, "Well, if it gets much above three percent, then we're in a whole new ball game because basically that means that the uh, the markets are completely mispriced." Mm. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, th the fact of the matter is, we know that there's a lot of corporates who've got very cheap bonds that are coming up for renewal. And when they come up for renewal, they're going to have to pay quite a lot more. Mm -hmm. 
And in fact, that's already happening, which means that basically firms are going to be paying more for the same debt that they had previously. That's going to put downward liquidity on them as well in terms of cash flow. Mm-hmm. Now, they may be able to put their prices up if inflation is high, so that may be a way through. But we, 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 we've gone to the end of cheap money. And look at mortgage rates. Now, mortgage rates in the US, what, nearly doubled from their lows? Mm-hmm. So that's another sign of the price of money going up dramatically. And it's also interesting, did you see that some of the um, consumers are now starting to use other forms of credit, like buy now, pay later, and, and other things like that, to try and actually manage the crunch that they've got, because the cost of everything's going up, but the cost of their incomes aren't actually following. So, so I think we're in this sort of real big shift in terms of the credit markets, um, but it's not necessarily positive, and overall volumes, I think, could well drop. And, you know, actually, to put it bluntly, if credit to mortgage holders starts to ease back, that will be a very significant signal of downward movement on home prices. And by the way, home prices are already sliding in the US. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, the figures that I mentioned at the very uh, start, 35 trillion, that doesn't even include the uh, decline in the house prices. So that's separate. That doesn't include the non-financial assets such as housing and all that. Exactly. Well, I've got this theory, and I could be completely wrong that actually the Fed will be more concerned about the fall in house prices than they will be with the market prices, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you think about the structure of the US economy, as indeed Australian economy, the housing sector is pretty big. The mortgage um, books are a very significant pillar within the financial system. So mm-hmm. if prices start to slide, that's going to put significant upward pressure in terms of the risk profiles of the lenders and also put pressure on households. Mm-hmm. So maybe the Fed put question, it shouldn't be just where the um, SP 500 is or whatever, um, but maybe it should also be where home prices are going because maybe it'll be home prices that ultimately will lead the story lower and will trigger the Fed's about turn. Could be. Um, it's happened in the past. <laughs> oh, yeah, a few times. Yeah, so that will not be a surprise at all. Um, so from an investor's perspective, if we were looking at the stock markets, right? Mm. We'll tell you that it's time to be back risk on, not risk off. <laughs> okay, so, and that comes back to where, I guess, whether you're a trader or whether you're, a, whether you're an investor, right? Because a trader will be looking for the volatility movements and trying to sort of pick pick the ins and the picks and out. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, there's enough research to suggest to me that uh, whilst you might get a few picks right, you'll probably get a quite a lot wrong. And then over the long term, you probably will be roughly neutral. Mm-hmm. So I'm a value investor. I look for the long term growth prospects of particular stocks in particular segments based on their brand franchise and their management quality, those sorts of things. And, you know, I'll be looking for those at the moment my modeling doesn't really scream buy, buy, buy at the moment, even in some of the tech areas. I mean, Facebook's probably an example where it's closer to saying, hmm, it's not bad. Mm. But like Amazon, I'd never, you know, you wouldn't, I don't think you'd go near that from a, from, a, from a fundamentals perspective at the moment. And there are many others in similar in similar way. So I'd be looking for some of those PEs to come back to more normal levels. And by the way, of course, PEs are de- are influenced very much by what the future interest rate is going to be. As the interest rate goes up, it 
changes the revenue, the, f- the future cash flow calculation that you do. So you need to have that in there as well. So mm-hmm. I'd be looking looking for some of those. Um, and I'd also be looking for some of the sectors where, you know, you've got to go on, you know, you've got to go on shopping down the supermarket, right? So whatever happens, consumers are going to have to go shopping. So those sorts of sectors, you know, the non-discretionary sectors probably will be more interesting than some of the more sporty ones where you can basically decide not to take a cruise or you can decide to take a cruise, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, there are big, big differences across sectors. Mm-hmm. Um I also think that some of the valuations on some of the financials are extremely stretched at the moment because I'm not sure that the full impact of lower credit volumes and higher interest rates are necessarily feeding through. And certainly we're seeing quite a lot of competition for lending from the financial players at the moment, which means their margins may well be crimped. The the most recent results here in Australia, most of the big four have reported, and they've all reported margin compression at the moment because they're competing very hard to try and actually get whatever business they can get. Mm-hmm. Um, but that you know they are running their margins extremely thin at the moment. There isn't a huge amount of up, up, upside to, to try and actually reverse that. So I'm quite cautious of the of the uh, the financial sector. So you know there are, there are some things to look at, but I'm of the view that we're not yet at the now I must go back in because there's really raging buys there. I don't see raging buys at the moment. Mm. Yeah, agree with you on that. that uh, uh, and based on the inflation numbers that we saw and uh, the last FOMC meeting that happened, um, mm. do you still see the rates trajectory to be what we discussed last time, 0.5 for the next few months? Fed's going to keep doing it? Um, I think there will definitely another 0.5 next month but after that i think we might start seeing 0.25s and then we might see them ease mm-hmm. back um i think i may have said earlier on there's one or two people saying well once they get above one percent that might be sufficient to um for them to hold their breath and see what happens i think they may go f- further than that personally mm-hmm. um i think the 0.75 moves that people were talking about and even some of the fed reps were actually talking about a few weeks ago may have dissipated slightly, although of course a few of them will be making comments this week, so it's worth listening to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think 50 basis points and then 25 basis points. But the markets are still signaling significant rises, but I feel personally that the markets are overstating what is likely to transpire in terms of what the Fed does. Mm-hmm. I think if we see another leg of correction, which there's a higher chance that we will in the in the financial markets. Yep. Just talking at a uh, indices level, if the S and P five hundred, if we see thirty five, thirty six hundred on it, I think that will make Fed pretty comfortable, both from the bubble busting the bubble and also uh, taming the inflation. Uh, hopefully by then, with with, I, I don't think Fed is going to stop personally up until they see a four handle in front of the inflation. Yep, uh, but that doesn't mean 0.5 rate rises. Correct. I, I think you're you're bang on. Maybe another 0.5, and then uh, slowly start to drop them to 0.25 until uh, the four handle appears on on inflation. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's probably right. Um, with with the observation that if in fact inflation really starts to move down quicker, that would really put them on hold, mm-hmm. right? Because then the political imperative to do it goes away. So, so this is more about politics than it is about economics, in my view. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always said that the, the Fed is 
predominantly a political organization rather than an economic organization. And the so-called independence of the Fed is, you know, questionable at best. Um, there is a whole bunch of politics going on here. Mm. Oh, yeah. Isn't, isn't, isn't the financial markets nowadays, nowadays a politics anyways? It's well, it is. No, it is. I mean, it's not the economy anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you can't look at this in pure economic terms. You have to understand some of the psychology and some of the political, the politics, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I go back to what I said in November, midterms, very critical for Biden, right? He wants to demonstrate an ability to be able to actually uh, address the inflationary issues as best he can. And some of the things that he announced will, at the margin make a difference but probably not dramatically so but he's at least being seen to be doing things well i think you could say the same of the fed the fed needs to be seen to be doing things at the moment mm-hmm. interesting uh any other wrap-up thoughts martin well just on this crypto thing um i think it is worth underscoring that i've always questioned how you value cryptos right insofar that crypto is predominantly, it's a religion, it's based on the belief of future gains later. And at the moment, I have to tell you that the future gains later camp are certainly got a bit of a bloody nose. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I would say is, don't write crypto off completely. I still think that there are going to be some interesting developments ahead. And those could actually include some, uh, you know, return not all coins, but a few coins. But for me, this has really given the impetus for central banks now to push central bank digital currencies really hard, right? Because they can now say, we can't leave it to, you know, the cryptos, we can't leave leave it to the, the private sector because it's too unstable, it's you lose too much money, therefore it's time now for a central bank digital currency. So in a way, the falls in crypto land in, in recent times has given the green light, in my view, to central banks now going full out to bring in a central bank digital currency. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some announcements on that relatively quickly now. I, I think you're bang on. And, I, and with the Terra Luna example specifically that you are talking about, Martin, um, I think it's good that it's happened. It's sad that it happened a bit later, um, that it grew that much. Uh, I think I think it was about what USD was roughly about um 10 billion or whatever the amount was i don't have the amounts in front of me right now but mm. the the point is it was big enough to do a damage to the crypto market specifically okay. uh, which it did but it's also important for it to happen uh because that's the fun of the free market there is no fed put over here if it was same thing was to happen with the central bank let's say us dollar peg or something they will come and bail it out, right? But there is no Fed put coming over here to bail out. So it's good that it's happened because um, if these algorithmic stable coins are not really stable, which in this case, it wasn't stable. Well, it's it's a mathematical you know, hedge, basically. That's yeah. all it is. It's math- But remember what I said earlier on, this mathematical hedge is precisely the same that's used in many other financial markets too, right? Mm-hmm. So so you should, you should look at the... Uh, 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 the Terra USD um, story, not just in the context of crypto, because it's a bit unlike other stable coins. Some of the other stable coins are actually directly backed with um, with dollars or equivalent, right? But it's more of a signal of risk more broadly across the the financial system. And many of our other financial sectors are exactly arranged the same way with with these algorithmic processes to try and actually hedge and support them. And of course, if there are big moves. Well, it could all go terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah, bang on. It's 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 a good lesson overall in general, I think, um, for crypto and non-crypto people. But I think overall they were actually moving in the right direction. But the sad story is that they were actually trying to back up at a later point, which is only in the last few months. Yes, Bitcoin as the reserve, but you cannot have a floating currency backed by a hundred wall asset. Like I failed to understand how they were going to do it, but again, I'm not that smart either. So <laughs> so only algorithm, but that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, but on the, on the other end, what I was going to say is um, even the likes of the other um, stable coins like Tether as a particular example, yep. they have also been fine in the past um, with heavy sums. I think uh, from memory, the amount was about 40, 41 million. Uh, for not actually backing up those tethers with the actual currency. Yep. They are backed by assets, whether it's commercial paper or whether it's the um, uh, whether it's the treasury bonds and all that stuff, uh, but it wasn't fully backed by the cash reserves. Yep. So so this is all this is all fun and games right now, uh, which is why you never go all in into these markets unless you're confident on what, what you're doing. Well, you know, regard it as, a, as money you can afford to lose, then fine, go in and, you know, yeah. do, do, do your worst. But if you're trying to think of it in the same assets category as stocks or shares or bonds or other things, people need to understand that these are actually way, way more complicated, mm -hmm. much higher risk. And, uh, you know, as with any um, investment in any asset class, you do actually possibly risk losing everything and that's worth just bearing in mind particularly now with the huge volatility and the huge degree of uncertainty at the moment so caution i think is a very important watchword just now yeah definitely uh great chat to the listeners again none of this is financial advice please do your own research don't over leverage play safe stay safe and we will see you guys next week